Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Plant Powered People podcast with your hosts, Michelle Kane and Tony Okamoto. Today, we're excited to have a topic that has been much requested. We hear all the time from people who are going plant-based or going vegan and really struggling that their family around them is not on board with the plant-based lifestyle um, and how to kind of navigate that situation. So we brought on the perfect person to talk about this, Stephanie Dreyer. She has been vegan for 10 years now um, and her family, her kids, her husband, um, when she decided to step into a plant-based lifestyle were not on board. So she talks about how she navigates that, where they are now and dishes out a ton of helpful tips that we know will be helpful to so many of you who are struggling with the exact same thing. And what I especially loved about this episode is that she will share what has failed for her as well as what works and what she sees the most success with. So stay tuned. She is brilliant in this and and we love her approach. Yes. So thank you so much, Stephanie. Can't wait to step into that. But before we do, we want to introduce our sponsor for this episode. Maya, my Tony, your skin is looking so radiant. Thank you. Thank you. It's my vegan diet. <laughs> but for real, I've actually been really obsessed with skincare. I had never thought about skincare until the Sunny episode. So we did an episode last last season with Sunny and she talks about skincare. And one of the things she brought up was anti-aging. And I had never thought about what the sun does to my skin. I'd only used water until I was introduced to Osea. Right. And like, I don't know how many of you guys listening to this, but Tony, all of her life has never used a facial moisturizer. Like if I get out of the shower and I don't smear my face in moisturizer, it just becomes like a dry mess. So it's something that I've always used. And now that Tony's kind of become hooked, we're really excited that we feel like this is the perfect sponsor. So Osea makes, um, well, one product that we've been loving is their Atmosphere Protection Cream. Um, But all of their products are cruelty-free. They're totally natural. Um, They are vegan, of course. And it's inspired by the sea, hence the name Osea. Uh, All of the products include a sustainably sourced algae and are just really high quality premium products. So this is their facial moisturizer that has been working wonders. Yes, I just lathered some on my face and it's nice and soft and moisturized. And I'm I'm really grateful for the long-term benefits. So thank you, Osea. Yeah, and it's really cool to see a lot of really high quality premium companies stepping up. They are really conscious about sustainability. So like this product comes in a glass bottle rather than plastic, which is amazing for the environment. Um, and it's just really thoughtfully produced across the board. And I'm really impressed. I was checking it out on, on the website and they have 293 reviews with a five-star average. That's uh, amazing. Unheard of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> if you want to check them out, they are passing along savings to our audience. And the promo code for that is Plant Powered podcast at oseamalibu.com. Yep. You can just put that in the code as you check out on any purchase over $50 for a first time purchase. You'll save $10 and we love savings. You guys know all about that. Definitely love savings. <laughs> so thank you so much, Osea. Hope you guys check them out. And if you're looking for some high, high quality, awesome skincare, um, yeah, definitely don't miss them. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. Hi, Stephanie. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. We're so excited to talk to you about something we feel 
uh, is going to help a lot of people, and that is having a mixed family. So you're vegan and your family's not, right? That's right. Well, I was going to say it's fun times in my house with all the different um, needs and wants and picky eaters and all that great stuff. And then you just pile on the different dietary um, restrictions. (laughs) It's it's a zoo over here, but it's great. It's all good. Yeah. It's one of the questions or like the struggles we hear most often is, and it's something that I mean, the whole purpose of us doing this podcast is we get so many questions that we can't personally relate to or share our personal experiences about. And so bringing on people who live and breathe it every day, which you have been doing for years, (laughs) is uh, the whole purpose of the Plant Power People podcast. So we're so excited to have you here. But before we jump in. Yeah, before we jump in, we'd love to know a little bit about your background. Where are you from? Where do you live? Have you always been vegan? When, like, what, just tell us your story. Okay. Well, um, I'm in Los Angeles, born and raised. Um, I had a brief um, residence in Chicago for a couple of years while I was in grad school, but for basically my whole life, I've lived in Southern California and I love it. Um, I have three kids and I went vegan 10 years ago when my, um, actually, yeah, 10, gosh, I'm really, I sound old now. <laughs> No, happy um, <laughs> 10 year vegan anniversary. <laughs> I, went, um, I went vegan when my youngest son was one. He was just, um, I was just actually, he weaned himself off breastfeeding and I was nursing him and, and just made this connection with mama cow. I had been reading the kind diet by Alicia Silverstone at the time. And I actually had been vegetarian for five years Um, all through my first and second pregnancies. And then at the end of my second pregnancy, like literally at the end, um, like eight months, I started craving meat and came, became very disconnected. But, uh, with the reason that I went vegetarian was because of the animals and animal cruelty. And for whatever reason I gave into that desire, um, and started eating meat again for about three years until I had my son which brings me back to my story was I was nursing him and and made this connection with mama cow and went vegan overnight, immediately said, I'm done. I'm done with dairy. I'm I'm vegan. And I had always joked that I would never give up dairy because I was love cheese. And, and I, it was like not even a second thought. And I've never turned back literally the next day we happened to be on a family trip and my kids, my husband ordered cheese pizza and I wouldn't eat it. And the kids were like, why won't you eat the pizza, mom? (laughs) And it was the beginning of my journey of trying to navigate having, being vegan and balancing my family, respecting where they were at on their own journey. And it's, it has not always been smooth. It has not always been easy, but I can happily say my oldest actually, who's now 16, she was six when I went vegan, um, has been vegetarian going on her four-year anniversary, vegiversary, um, on her own mm-hmm. accord. That was her decision. And we all eat vegan at home um, when I cook. So I'll talk more a little about that. But um, 
the, the rest of the family is not vegan and they make their own choices and this and that. So it has been a journey. I, my background is in marketing, but I've always been a writer. So I have two vegan children's picture books, um, that are, um, fun and about get, helping families be more aware of the choices they make when it comes to eating and also purchasing products, um, for their house or their home and, and, um, their bought clothing and things like that. So I'm very passionate about, um, um, what the vegan message and living a kind, compassionate life. That's basically what I try to preach in my, or not preach. I actually, I'll talk a little bit of that, about that. I'm sure we'll get to about how I did used to preach a lot to my family and that didn't go over so well, but I try to live a life where I'm leading by example. And so I'm very passionate about sharing compassionate, conscious choices. So whatever I do, I make a conscious choice. So I have, um, a website at stephaniedreyer.com. I focus on plant-based meal planning and helping families cook and eat healthier together. I'm all about, um, sitting down to the table and nurturing family discussions. And I don't think there's any better way that you can make family connections than over the dinner table. So I talk a lot about that and how, it's so hard to get a home cooked meal on the table these days. So I get it. It's hard. The struggle is definitely real. I've got three kids. I work, uh, volunteer, you know, we've all juggled these things, but I'm very passionate about making sure I cook five to seven nights a week, at least five nights a week so that my family can sit down together with a home cooked meal and connect and um, build relationships together and talk about important stuff. So I guess that's me. So we, we'd love to talk a little bit more, more about that and dig deeper into that in a, in a little bit, but I would love to know a little bit more about your history. So were, what kind of food did you grow up eating and where did you grow up and how was that transition for you from what you were eating before to what you're eating now? Yeah, that's great. Okay. So this is, it's really, it's so funny when I look back in my childhood, I am Hispanic and Italian. So I, and I grew up with a mom and a Nona who uh, cooked a lot, very traditional Latin and Italian foods that are rich with cheese and dairy, lasagna, um, meats. We had all types of different meat growing up. And um, I always had my, my family cooked a lot. So we always had home cooked meals. Um, and there was always a, it was the traditional standard American diet meat. You had your protein, your starch and a vegetable. And most of the vegetables, I look back now of how my mom made vegetables and I just like cringe of like how much more delicious, you know, I know, think of what I give my kids, you know, I had like the, I don't know if you, any of you can relate, but like the overcooked soggy broccoli and the like, Brussels sprouts that were just all like they were steamed, they boiled. Were yeah, it was just gross. <laughs> I think back at what I had to eat green beans at, and actually out of a can. Um, I, I came from a very middle class family where it's not like we didn't eat out a lot. Like it was, you know, we my mom was definitely watching um, her her budget. My parents are divorced, so I lived full time with my mom, and every other weekend was were at my my dad's. I remember we, my dad would give us like those little Vienna sausages, you know, bachelor out of, out of the can, those Vienna sausages. Mm -hmm. He didn't know what to cook us. My mom did a little better, but my mom, it was very traditional. Um, those Italian foods, those Latin foods, um, and, you know, really didn't think much of it, you know, until you, you get older and you start doing, you know, more research and learning more. So that, that's kind of where I, where I, come from. And actually it's been really fun 
over the last few years, veganizing many of my grandmother's Italian recipes that she got from her mother that were from Italy because her, um, her, she's the only one that was born here. Everybody else was born in Italy and also, um, veganizing a lot of my mom's recipes. And it's been real. it's actually been a nice way for us to connect. Um, because, you know, going vegan for me, at least, my family was very worried about me. They thought, oh my goodness, you know, are you going to be healthy and this and that. And it was, it's been a journey to get them on board. And I ha- I'm happy to say they are all on board and very supportive. And, um, it's, it's fun to take family favorites and turn them into vegan variations that are just as good, if not better, you guys, I think don't, sorry, mom, but I think some of mine are better than yours. <laughs> Your recipes are amazing, Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie has done a bunch of guest recipes for World of Vegan and does a ton of like meal planning resources and everything on her, on her blog. And your recipes are so good and familiar and like, like comfort food, non-vegan approved food, which is beautiful. <laughs> Thanks, Michelle. Um, so let's take it back to the moment that I think so many of our listeners will be able to relate to, which is when you decided to go vegan yourself. So, so many people decide to go vegan and they're maybe living on their own or maybe have a boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever, a partner. And it's like that in itself is a big decision and a big, um, like you already have to deal with your family and trying new foods and learn new recipes and everything. It's already a challenge. But when you are the primary cook for your family, you have kids, you have a husband, you have a routine that's been uh, kind of formed over years. And then all of a sudden you want to make a very drastic change for yourself. How did your family respond? How did you bring it up with them? Like take us to that moment in time and like paint that picture. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, like I mentioned, it was immediate for me. Like a, like, you know, Oprah talks about those aha moments. Like I feel like I had an out of, out of body aha moment where I'm reading this book and I'm nursing my child at the same time. I look down at him and I'm like, Whoa, I can't drink milk anymore. Like I just, for me, it made so much sense. And I couldn't understand why anyone who had the same information that I had wouldn't make the same choice, which was my first challenge in telling my family. Hey, <laughs> so Steph- the- hey Stephanie, uh-huh. there, are pro- there are probably some some listeners who don't really understand the connection. Um, you know, the, the gestation period oh. is the same. It's, it's nine months. Uh, and I was wondering if you could go into a little bit more detail about Mm -hmm. what was so compelling for those who don't understand what the dairy industry is like. Yeah. So, I mean, aside from all of the cruelty that I was reading about in this book and, um, what I guess I identified with, like you said, there's a lot of similarities between us and mama cow. Um, but she, the whole reason that humans produce milk, breast milk is to feed their baby. That's the reason we produce breast milk. And it is the same exact thing for mama cow. She breasts, or sorry, she um, produces milk to feed her babies, not to get, uh, contrary to what, you know, the dairy industry would like you to believe that she, you know, she, that's her duty to provide us milk. No, she has to be pregnant to have breast milk. And that is for her baby. The, the, even if you look at the, I don't know how detailed we want to go into, but the breakdown of what's in breast milk versus cow's milk, like it is made to sustain, oh, however, hundred thousand pounds, I don't even know how big a calf is, um, to n- nourish that little baby cow. 
in those first, you know, few months of life or whatever it is, just like breast milk, um, is, is the breast milk that a mother carries is very specific to what her baby needs. Um, and so I, w- I was compelled by that thinking, oh my gosh, she, a mama cow, if she, if she has to be pregnant, then she's being raped. She's being forcibly forced to give take first of all to have a baby then that baby a lot of time I learned is ripped from her and that milk she produced for that baby she can't even give to that baby because it's being taken to to give to the dairy farmers so for me it was very it was very compelling I can't even tell I get so emotional about it and when people start to ask me why what made you switch since you were vegetarian and I start to explain my connection, they don't want to hear it because it's so uncomfortable. But I think that's what we have to talk about. So obviously, I didn't tell this to my children in this way, because they were, what did I say? Let's see, Gabby was six, and my middle daughter was three, and then I had a one year old. So I didn't share that information. But when I, what I did is I talked to my husband, obviously, immediately and said, Look, I'm reading this book, I I know so much more than I knew before and, and explained to him. And he was so supportive and was like, he, he was like, okay, I, this makes so much sense, but I, that's, I can't do it. You're a better person. I can't give up. You know, it's hard for people who've lived their whole life. So I was 34 at the time, you know, living, you know, minus those five years as a vegetarian you know, it, one, it's uncomfortable, right? It's going against everything you've ever known down to, and I'll talk about this in a second, down to how you structure your meals. You're used to a standard American diet of meat, starch, and veg. And so that's uncomfortable having to redo it. It's uncomfortable socially because back then, 10 years ago, it's a heck of a lot easier now. Um, but back then it, nobody knew really what vegan was, or if they did, there was like a negative stigma. They, it, it just was difficult. It was uncomfortable and difficult to go out to socialize. And then your family, this is, I'm sure many people who have just gone vegan can relate. There's this like, well, are you getting enough protein? Like, you know, what about fiber? What about this? Like, are you getting everything you need? And so you're coming up against all of these objections, which, you know, all contribute to that. I can understand why my husband was like, well, I can't do this because he hadn't read the book. I had read the book, even though I was telling him he wasn't on the same page with me. And yeah, it's his- kind of like you, everyone needs to find their own why, yeah. which has to be so, such a strong and compelling personal and individualized why to make all of those changes that you're talking about. And so you found that in that very like intimate moment, breastfeeding your children and, um, and reading the book and like that clicked for you, but to just tell someone about it, like when I watch a documentary and I tell someone, I just learned this information, you're going to want to do the same changes that I'm making. (laughs) Like they haven't seen it. They haven't clicked in the same exact pattern that you have. And so it's rarely hits people strong enough at the exact same time with the people in your family around you. That is so true, Michelle. And I wish I had I wish I had had that realization before I started pushing because what happened was I didn't, I didn't have that realization then that everyone needs their own why. I just assumed, well, they're going to read, they're going to hear this information. They're going to, of course, be like, (laughs) oh my God, we have to give give up animal products. Unfortunately, it took me at least a good six months to figure out, huh, 
maybe I better change my strategy here because this isn't working for my family. I was pushing, I was imposing, I was preaching. I was actually, um, I hate to say a little bit aggressive, um, at the beginning, my first six months as a vegan and very pushy and very judgmental. And I, instead of realizing they, they're on their own journey and they need to come to the decision on their own. And I, I completely agree with you in that. And that's really my stance now and how I approach you know, anybody who's interested in learning more and specifically my family. And it that's, I think, actually what led to um, us finding our, our middle ground and being so bef- able. Before you go into that, how did they respond when you were oh. being aggressive and pushy? Like what wasn't working there that, yeah. that helped you become up, like realize that that wasn't really the best way? Yeah. So immediately, um, to my husband's credit, he wasn't ready to go on the journey with me, but he, the only thing he asked me is like he, because again, he were conditioned to know these things to the dairy industry's ad campaign. He was worried about, cause my son was, I mentioned was just weaning. He was starting cow. He would, he would get cow's milk if we had gone that way. So he was nervous, like, well, what kind of milk is he going to get if he's not breastfeeding? So he, I promised him, he said, please just do the research and find out so that, he's getting what he needs if he's going to be on plant milk. And so to his credit, he was amazing. And that's what we did. But with everything else, um, I told the kids, you know, I, I basically started taking away all of their foods. Like there was no cheese pizza. There was no <laughs> cheese. I mean, immediately it was like overnight, the fridge was emptied, no milk, no cheese, like, and for kids, especially, you know, um, it, it was not, it was mom's gone they, crazy. Yeah, yeah they, <laughs> exactly. They revolted. They were angry. They didn't understand. Um, you know, I tried to explain in a non-violent way about why I had made my choice and why this was better for the animals and better for our bodies. But, you know, they were young. So, and having not being, I have to say, if I had to do it all over again, and I so, um, I envy women who are vegan before they're pregnant, because if I had, I hundred percent, if I had this information before I get, got pregnant, I would just raise my kids vegan from the beginning, whether my husband was or not. I think I, well, in this case, I think my husband would, he, knowing how he was when I first went vegan, he would have been supportive in that. Um, cause he sees how healthy and, and everything, et cetera. But to, to tell a kid who's six, who's used to all these foods, mm-hmm. right? Six and three, it was a bit extreme. And so, um, it was, they were angry. There was a lot of anger, a lot of resentment. I would get defensive with my husband. I would get judgmental. Um, I would, I would, you know, I'm like, you're not letting me live my best life. This is awful. Our kids are going to have all these problems. You know, it was just all the, all this fear after, for me coming to terms with all this information, thinking I'd screwed up my kids for six years, put giving them all this unhealthy stuff. And of course, you know, I had to learn compassion with myself and remind myself that I had been eating a regular diet for 30 plus years and I was okay. And it was going to be okay. And we were going to figure this out one day at a time and it was going to all be okay. And I, it took me a good year, um, to get into a groove with my family. And, and I would say that was just like transitioning. I'd say it probably took a good two to three years where I actually had a meal planning routine and where I was able to feed my family whole food, plant-based foods at home and feel good about the choices we were making at home and teaching them so that when they did go outside of the home and wanted to make a choice, I knew that they were being conscious about 
okay, you're going to have the chicken, but you're thinking about where that chicken came from, or you're going to eat that birthday piece of birthday cake with the milk in it, but you know what kind of milk is it. So they were consciously making those decisions. And that for me was a huge win. So that even if they were choosing meat or animal products, they were being conscious about it. But like I said, it took, it took about at least a year for us to get into a groove and then a good three years to get to that second kind of mindset. Um, and I don't know if you want me to talk about kind of how we train, how I did that, how we made that adjustment and how I went from just throwing everything out and taking away all their foods that they knew to, to getting back to a happy, a happy place. <laughs> uh, I would love for you to talk about that, but first uh, I do have a, a little story to share. And then I would love to, to ask your opinion about it. So I run the plant-based on a budget support group on Facebook. And there was recently this really big conversation about how to introduce your family and Everyone had a different way of going about it. And some people were kind of where you were when you just wanted to share the information. And then since you're the cook, everyone's going to be vegan in the house, whether they like it or not. And uh, and my friend Anna chimed in about her experience where she tried veganism like maybe a year and a half ago and wanted to get her kids on board and took away all of their favorite foods and they really <laughs> resented her about it, which made her life miserable at dinner time every day after a long day at work. She had to come home and fight with the kids and it, it derailed her path on veganism and just made it much more complicated. And she threw her hands up and was like, this is just too much. I don't want to deal with it. And so while this conversation was happening and people were sharing their stories, it seems that when you're so fiery and passionate about veganism and you want everyone to feel it with you, uh, that you tend to really force it hard. But in your experience, that didn't work. In Anna's experience, that didn't work. What would you, or how would you advise people to compassionately introduce it after you've, you said it took you one to three years to develop meal plans for someone who's just stepping into this and listening right now, this is their first month of, of trying vegan. Uh, how would you suggest they introduce it to their family in a way that's going to be sustainable for everyone long-term? Yeah, I, it's a great question. I would do a lot of things differently. I think first and foremost, I would, compassion is the first, I would come with compassion and love versus the the so much judgment. Um, and I, the first thing I think I would have done is I would have gone to my husband and I would have shared said, Hey, I just read this book and this is what I'm, I want to do. And I'd love it if you would do it with me. I kind of, uh, more of an invitation. And can I share this information with you? Can I talk to you about why this is important with, with for me? And would you try it with me for, maybe ask for a period where you feel like, could, would, I want to try this. I think I'm going to need some help. Would you, would you do this with me? Can we try it for a couple of weeks or a month or whatever it is? Give yourself whatever you think it needs. Like because a support system? Kind of like a support okay. system. And I think inviting him in or her, or her, your partner in as, would you do this 
is more inviting and it, and it puts you in it in a vulnerable place that, you know, anybody who loves you is going to see like, wow, this is really meaningful for you. This means a lot to you. Okay. I can, I can give it a try. And maybe they'll be like, you know, this really isn't for me, but how about I give it a week or whatever, anything they agree to is going to be a win for you. And it will allow you an opportunity to share the information in a non-threatening way, but just like, Hey, I want to share this with you. Or what do you think about this and have discussion about it versus what I did, which was, Oh my God, you have to read this. How could you not give up milk? What's wrong with you? I don't understand you. Like it was bad. I was so <laughs> like passionately negative almost, you know, because, and I, you know, was doing a disservice. And then for my kids, so for my, for your partner, I would approach it as like being a support and helping you. Like I want to do this, but I really need help. And I I think it's going to be challenging to do on my own. Would you do this with me? Maybe go in that way for my kids. There was not a lot of children's books available back then, but now there are more. And I think I would go that route as finding some kid-friendly resources to kind of show them kids are already innately connected to animals. Somehow we lose that the older we get. But if you talk to any little cutie pie, they love animals. They have a connection with them. So finding a, there's so many good resources. PETA Kids has great resources too. I would go and try to find some fun games and ways to connect with the kids. And I would do like easy switches that nobody's really going to, to, to notice, right? Like butter, mayonnaise, those are easy things. And kind of start to talk to the kids about like, Hey, we're going to have this butter tonight because you know why this doesn't come from an animal. And this is, this is what's, and I would also explain to them, like, mommy is doing this. This is super important to mom. And I want to share this with you. And so this is a new butter I'm trying. What do you guys think of the butter? What do you, and make it more fun and make them part of the process. Um, you know, they might say, Oh, I don't like that butter. Although I would, there's so many good butters out there. I don't even know how they would know the difference, but you know, you might, you, then you say, Oh really? Well, what, you know, you can have a discussion. What don't you like about it? You know, I really like this because, or whatever, like it gives you an opportunity to have conversation and to make people make the family feel like they're part of the process and part of your journey. Instead of you just saying, I threw that out and this is the butter we're eating out, which is what I did. Hey, Stephanie, (laughs) do you have resources that you can offer that you, that, that you've either created or that you have found really helpful for your family? Um, I do. I have actually have a lot of those resources I've shared on world of vegan and some of the guides that we've done. Um, but I do have some things that I can share, um, over at my website. Like I have different, I have definitely have different blog posts about sharing, you know, with your family and actually at world of vegan, we have lots of posts about, um, how to introduce your family to a, a plant-based diet, how to set up ground rules. Um, we have a great post about setting up ground rules and resources there. So maybe we can put some, t- I can put a list together and you can share it with the audience afterwards. Yeah, we will definitely do that. But you also mentioned that there were good kids books that you oh, would, yes. would definitely introduce to your kids. So if, if yes. people have kids, are there resources that were helpful to you? Yes, I can definitely share my favorite children's books and some of the the PETA kids resources as well. Um, And I actually, I have some lesson plans that I did. I call them lesson plans or like activity kits or whatever with my books that also help families um, navigate how to introduce plant foods. Because what I realized is like, I'm right. I wrote these two books and 
if I'm successful, the the kids are going to get really excited about, you know, giving up animal products. Right. But then does a parent know how to support that? And so I wanted to have some resources for parents to share with their kids to, to help them try plant-based and go plant-based. So I can share those. Um, would you mind, would you mind just saying them if, in case someone doesn't have access or can't access our website or for whatever oh, yeah. reason, if they're just listening to this in the car while driving, can you just say some of your favorites? Um, yes, yes, yes. Okay. I have to think. Okay. So, um, oh, some, I, I'm like totally blanking. Of Ruby course, Roth has like a, a bunch of really cute kids books that are, that yes. are awesome. Like this is why I don't eat animals. And, um, I guess she came out with a cookbook that's kind of illustrated. That's for young kids. I um, love her cookbook. Her cookbook is a great resource. Yeah, she's an artist and makes just incredible books. Um, and then there's the ABCs of vegan. Um, I can't re- remember if that's Ruby or not, but that's another one that I like. And then there is um, there's a one about a, a vampire, and then there's <laughs> the Vegasaurus, as a vegetarian dinosaur. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. I'm totally no, like, if you I, just, okay. <laughs> if those listening go home and can't remember to look up in the show notes where we'll list a comprehensive resource with all of these, you can always just go to Amazon and just search vegan, vegan kids books and you'll find tons. So many more are coming out these days, which is really, really exciting. Um, and yeah, I, I was actually just talking about creating a roundup of the top 10 vegan children's books on World of Vegan. So that will be coming soon too, as well. Wonderful. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll send you some after two that I've found really useful. So a little bit uh, back, back to your journey. When you started, were you ever accommodating to the meat eaters in your family? Did you, was there a time where you were cooking meat for them and having everyone eat a separate meal or maybe yourself just eat a separate meal? Or was it always, okay, I'm choosing whole food plant-based and you're choosing whole food (laughs) plant-based. No, there was definitely, I was for several months, that was in that six month to one year period where I was trying to figure out, figure it out. And I was met with so much resentment and hostility about just imposing that I quickly learned, okay, I'm can't impose. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make the vegan meal and I will make the plant or the animal meal. And then that, that transition to a meal that was all coat, like cohesive, but there were animal and plant-based options and it was exhausting. And I can remember, and, but I did that because of the kind of what you were telling, saying Tony about this woman in, in your group who was realizing she'd come home and they were so angry and it was just kind of defeating her whole spirit and her reason for going vegan. I finally said, okay, I've got to find a middle ground. I can't impose this on them. I'm going to eat what I want and I'll honor what they want. So I was still the cook of the house and the grocery shopper and the meal planner. So it was still on me. And so what happened was, um, a few months into this, I can't even remember, maybe six months or so into this, I was, we are, my family's Jewish and we celebrate Shabbat every Friday, which is basically just our, an excuse for our family to have a very intimate sit down dinner where we turn off the phones and the whole night we dedicate to family time. And I would, I usually make something extra special on Friday nights. And so I was making a roast chicken for them. And anyone who's ever made a roast chicken knows how you have to clean it and get all up in the chicken's business. And I just hysterically started crying and was like, I cannot 
do this anymore. And to my husband's credit, he was like, all right, don't do it. If we want to eat meat, we will cook the meat done. And that was the last time I've touched animal products. I've had to cook animal products. Your husband sounds like a really nice guy. I know a lot of other people who have had totally different experiences where you know, change change is really hard. And when you marry someone, you expect them to at least grow in the same ways you grow. But sometimes when they choose a path that is different, it is difficult to, to be ultra supportive if it conflicts with how you think about things. And, and diet is so huge. Every, you eat together, especially during the weekends, three times, maybe four times, every day of the weekend. So uh, I, I totally applaud your husband for being supportive. Yeah, he, I realize I don't give him enough credit. He's pretty amazing because not only from the beginning, he respected my choice, even though he, and he's always said, I respect your choice. I believe it's the right choice. I'm just not ready to go there yet. And, but if I look at the changes he's made to his own diet over the years, he, you know, he practically eats all plant-based now and that's, he chooses beyond burgers instead of hamburgers. Like he will not eat beef anymore. So, I mean, he, but he's always been, I think, I think, and what I tell families who are asking me is there's a respect and we, and we had ground rules. We did set up ground rules and, but he has always tried to meet me at like this compassionate place of like really understanding what was driving my desire to be vegan. And he, you know, he knew it was a very, it was a, it was a lifestyle change for me. It wasn't just a dietary change. It was a lifestyle change. And so he, he respected that and he's done his best to support me. And yeah, I feeling like I need to go give him an extra hug today because now I'm like feeling like, oh, I don't say thank you enough. (laughs) I think that's a testament to your changed approach. When people are treated with compassion, they want to be supportive and you modeled that. You changed your approach. You knew that what you were doing, uh, forcing information upon people and forcing uh, your your choices on other people was not working. And you instead tried to accommodate them and understand where they're coming from. And so ultimately they want to support you because of your efforts. And, and now look at him. He's choosing plant-based on his own, which is really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. I, and and we don't have there's no drama anymore. It's like, I mean, another another thing is um recent not so recently, but probably like 2 years ago we switched to having pans, pots and pans that were strictly vegan versus non-vegan. And I had, um, I don't know, whatever. He was totally down with that. And then what happened is one day I noticed he had used the wrong pan for Uh his eggs. And I (laughs) I was like hysterical, like hysterical. And and it actually, Tony, what you were saying about the compassion, I like literally had to like calm myself down and go, (laughs) oh my God, it's like he did this on purpose. You know, I got so enraged, like, how could you do that? And he's like, like, whoa, like, I'm sorry, I messed up. Like, you know, I didn't realize that was the wrong pan, you know, but the fact that he, you know, and he was, you know, the fact that we have two pans in the first place, you know, everybody makes mistakes, but it's having that compassion for me to go, okay, I'm going to meet you halfway. I forgive you. You didn't do this on purpose. You weren't trying to like goad me into an argument here. So, you know, a 
honest mistake and haven't yeah. been able to have that discussion and reconnect and say, Hey, just, you know, but the, it really is important to me that my food isn't on a plate where you've cooked eggs or meat, you know, and this is why, and being able to have that conversation to why it was so important to me that, that we didn't share those pans. Um, it, it's good. It's good to have, be able to have those conversations. You yeah. Know, I think <laughs> we talk a lot about perfection on this podcast. And I think this is like everything we've talked about today is a perfect demonstration of the more we hold on to ideals of perfection and feel putting the pressure on ourselves to make sure every action we do is, um, you know, completely vegan and cannot, it's black and white. It's all or nothing. It's, uh, like all has to be done this way or not at all. Um, leads to a lot of resentment and a lot of issues coming up. But the more we can let go of that, um, a lot of times, ultimately, it doesn't even really make a difference for our why. Like if your why is animals, it it hurts your heart to use a pan that was also used for meat. But for animals, it doesn't really make a difference. And so letting go of those feelings of needing to be perfect, um, mm-hmm. makes the situation easier for everyone around you. And especially when we're asking so much of our family to like understand why this is important to us and like support us. Um, anything that we can do to also make it easier on them is I think so, so important. And it's been really fascinating because I've, Stephanie, I've known you for many years now. And ever since I've known you, I've always felt like you've had like the most compassionate, balanced, understanding, (laughs) like approach to everything. You've written so many resources on like how to approach things with your family and, you know, meals you can make that are vegan, but your family won't notice that carnivores (laughs) will love that you don't even have to talk about or bring up over dinner. Like you've always, since I've known you had such wisdom around this. And it's really fascinating in this podcast, understanding the foundation of where that came from. I think you can become um, the most kind of wise about something after having been through a situation that was the opposite. Like we learned so much from what we did wrong <laughs> or yes. what, we, what we regret doing and how we would change that going forward, which makes you able to help so many people and like prevent those struggles and, and, future families for other people going vegan. So that's awesome. And yeah, thank you for that. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I have another question. For someone who says you're the parent, why don't you control Mm -hmm. the food choices? Uh, Which is what I was seeing in the group. How would you respond? I know a lot of people were feeling a little bit attacked by that because that's not how they choose to parent. How Mm. would you respond in a way that you feel would be effective and would help someone understand your choice? So yeah, that, um, was something I struggled with big time when I first went vegan was like, well, I'm in charge, but I have a partner and my partner wasn't on the same page with me. And it's about compromise. Anybody who's married or is in a relationship, committed relationship knows like it's you, you both have to work together. And so me imposing, it wasn't just my way. It had to be our way. And I think that, um, again, different if I, if I had not had kids first, right? If I was raising them from the beginning, I have to say, I agree. I see that standpoint, but you're starting with, you know, fresh babies that you can, you know, 
teach them how from the beginning. But when you're, I think when you're starting and from a place where you have kids who are old enough to understand, like with my son, obviously, um, he didn't have, he was full on vegan actually. And through the beginning till he had solid foods, um, when he started to get old enough, actually, this is, might be helpful to answer this question. He, I, he was vegan, completely vegan. And it wasn't until he was old enough to start asking for foods. And I could explain to him, well, mom doesn't eat this because blah, 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 and explain to him. And so he could make the choice, you know, his dad did eat certain foods. And so he's, you know, you have to respect each other. You mom's right. And dad's wrong. I mean, what kind of a family and relationship are you going to have if we're doing that? So I think it sounds great and easy on black and white. And and it sounds very black and white when you say, oh, well, you're the parent just imposed, but it's, it's very gray. That's not reality. I live that. That's not how it works. Um, and you're the perfect example of how not taking that approach like leads to more change in your family than taking mm-hmm. that approach. It's crazy. And, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. That's crazy because even in the, so I'm pregnant. I'm, and so I'm starting to think more and more about raising my kid. And of course I'm in a very fortunate situation where my husband's vegan. I'm vegan. We've both been vegan for <laughs> over a decade. We're fully on board with raising our kid vegan, but even in that sort of perfect bubble situation. There are situations that the kids will be um, experiencing that are not easy. Like what if the kid goes to a birthday party and there's cake? Are you going to say, no, Mm -hmm. three-year-old, you can't have that cake that all the other kids are eating. What if they go to school and there's a snack? Like you can pack them their own stuff, but then they're kind of like the the weird kid. Like, why am I having to eat different food there? And then like, well, that resentment build up. So I have actually an article on World of Vegan that was a pretty controversial one that someone wrote about that was called, I let my kids eat non-vegan birthday cake. Um, Mm And it's that we put this pressure on ourselves once we once we kind of are exposed to the information about animals and the environment and health to um, embrace it fully and completely. But as you're showing here, and, and your life is a perfect demonstration of this, a lot of times that that final one percent between almost perfect and actually perfect can actually do so much harm and can make people rebel, go the other direction, go vegan and quit vegan, um, have mm-hmm. your family hate you and and hate all vegans. <laughs> and I it's think so you, true. It's I, so true. I think Michelle made a really good point earlier about, well, I guess it depends on your why. Is it health? Is it animals? Is it environment? Uh, it It's not going to change much to animals if your kid eats the cake. Right. <laughs> it's it's really not. And and so if you want to do it for mere um expression of purity and to show that you're morally superior then f- <laughs> fine, but if you it's really want to be driven decision. Basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you want to be effective, it's not changing much. Yeah. Exactly. And in fact, probably doing harm cuz then all the parents there are going to be like, "Wait, your kid can't eat the cake, but right. there's no animal like to them they'd be like, well, it's not, it's not meat. There's no, mm-hmm. uh, and so it, it's just confusing for. Yeah. And even what? from the health perspective, like growing up, my mom was extremely healthy and like, I 
candy was almost never allowed, sweet cereals, never allowed, like super healthy um, way of growing up. But I obviously would go to the grocery store and see all the yummy things. I'd see all the commercials. I'd go to friends' houses and they'd be able to eat whatever they wanted. And it left me with like an overall understanding of like healthy eating. And I still bring that forward to this day, but also an obsession when I was younger with sweets. And <laughs> and like when I'd go to friends' houses, I would just want all the unhealthy things. And I would think when I grow up, I could eat as much of this as I want, you know? So <laughs> It's like you're rebelling against what, when it, when you take it to really, really extremes, oftentimes kids can re- rebel. And I'd like to clarify that both Michelle and I and, and Stephanie really promote the vegan diet. I think yes. that is an understatement. <laughs> we want people to choose vegan options whenever possible. And we, we have dedicated our lives to that, but also to be understanding and compassionate and to not beat yourself up to the point where you're resentful or your family's resentful or it's it's going to not be sustainable long term and that's what happens over time we see it over and over again we know that what is it 84 74% 74% of people who become vegetarian end up failing and not not wanting to try it again so so what what we're saying when we're talking about imperfections is not oh it's it's fine, eat animals, whatever, but it's be thoughtful, um, not beat yourself up, don't beat your family up and keep choosing plant-based options. Yep. 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 I, I, I can see in my own family how the approach of not imposing and, and coming at it with just compassion and education has made a difference. I don't think my oldest would have gone vegetarian on her own. I mean, I I, I was jumping for joy. It was a Thanksgiving decision. It was she <laughs> wow, made that that's decision. The hardest time. Yeah, yeah wow. she made it, and she stood up to her grandmother, who was like, "What do you mean you're not eating turkey?" Like she and she had it. I didn't need to to rescue her. Like she was so strong in her decision because not because I told her that's what she should do is because she had come to that decision on her own. And then I, my son, my youngest, who, um, who eats, who eats meat, um, he, but he will not eat. He does. We, we buy veggie bacon. Like even when we're not at home, like even if he could have bacon outside of the home, like when we go on, um, like our family trip or whatever with my family, he's like, mom, can you get the, 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 the veg bacon? And, and it's, not, and he likes the taste, whatever, but it's because he, I I don't know, you know, his brain, he's 10. And I've seen him since he was starting at like four, kind of starting to ask questions about it and figure it out. And he's still, he, he, we talk about it a lot. He asks me questions randomly about it. He's trying to work out, like for some reason, the bacon is a hard thing for him to like, he sees the pig and he doesn't want to eat the pig. Somehow he can eat the chicken. So it's like, I don't know like how he's putting it together, but he's definitely thinking about it and making choices that for him feel right as he's trying to figure it out. And I can clearly see that he is trying to figure it out. And for him, he feels better about not eating the bacon. Um, you know, and then who knows, we'll get there with the chicken. (laughs) Yeah. I think uh, like an overall big picture, um, to, kind of advice for people who are looking for what approach to take is always taking a happy, joyful, inspiring, 
uh, approach. Like as you're going through your struggles personally, go through those struggles, but then like lead by positive example. If you're going to be a Debbie Downer talking about what's wrong with everyone else, what's wrong with their choices, why this is horrible for the world. Oh my God, did you <laughs> see this horrible video? Like no one's going to even want to be around you. They'll they'll mute you on Facebook. They'll like, and like no mm-hmm. one wants to be around that. I even mute people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Like too many factory farm videos. Bye-bye. Um, but yeah, when, as soon as you kind of shift that, which I think a lot of people who go plant-based go through this stage of starting out very, a lot more dramatic and negative because the weight of the problems of the world are suddenly feeling on their shoulders. And then we realize like we can be so much more effective by, um, sharing the joy of it. It doesn't have to be a sacrifice. It can be more delicious. And, and especially as you discover new foods, your palate can expand and just, it's such a wonderful thing. Focusing on the positive and showing the joy of it, um, really helps bring people along a lot faster. I've found, and it seems you found (laughs) than taking the opposite approach. Uh, So we are getting ready to wrap up, uh, but we could talk about this forever. Like there's so (laughs) many complications when dealing with multiple people, especially when everyone has a strong personality and is opinionated. And, and so we could, we could bring you back on in another season, but where can people find you if they have questions in the meantime? Um, you can find me at stephaniedreyer.com. My last name is spelled like the ice cream, D-R-E-Y-E-R. And um, that's the best place to connect with me. And then for definitely for more resources, um, I wanted to talk about one of the, the things that set my family up for success was setting up ground rules. And I have a great blog on that over at World of Vegan. And so definitely check that out if you want kind of like, not like a blueprint, but setting up ground rules together for setting up love and compassionate households. That is the first place I would recommend starting if you're, if you're going vegan and wondering how to, to make it work with your family, but definitely connect with me over at my website. And I'm, um, on social at Vegmama, V-E-G-M-A-M-A. And I share a lot of stuff over there and would love to connect over there with you too. Cool. We will definitely include all of those at plantpoweredpodcast.com. Yep. In the show notes. Thank you so (laughs) much, Stephanie, both for coming on today and taking the time and for all of the resources that you've put out there over the years. And I know you're so committed to continuing this going forward. I know you you have put a lot of your heart and soul and time and energy and (laughs) money and everything into um, helping this process be so much easier for other people who choose to go plant-based and other families. So thank you. Yeah. Thank Thank you very much. I can't wait to share this on my plant-based support group because I know it's going to be super helpful. And, uh, and I also can't wait to check out your resources. I, I'm excited to know that you celebrate Shabbat because that's something that we're hoping to incorporate in our lives. My husband's Jewish and uh, and I'm going to definitely check out your website for Aww. some recipes. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thanks, ladies. It was great to be on with you. Have a beautiful day and we'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye. bye. Wow, that was a lot. I know there's uh, truly so much we can dive into on this topic. And I I do sincerely hope we can continue to have more guests talk about this because I think it's one of the the hardest challenges. If you are in that situation where your family's not on board with what you're doing, we're sending you strength and hopefully all of these resources and tips from Stephanie helped you out. 
And once again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Osea, for allowing us to do this great episode. Remember to check them out at oseamalibu.com and use the promo code PLANTPOWEREDPODCAST. Thank you so much, Osea. If you guys are looking for the highest quality skincare that's vegan and cruelty-free, it's so great to have a reliable option and they're there for you. Thank you so much as always for listening, for tuning in. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review if you can. And we will see you in the next episode. Thanks, bye. bye.